You're listening to a message from Whitefields Community Church in Northern Colorado. For more information and audio content, visit us at whitefieldschurch.com. Well, once again, good morning. Go ahead and take your seats. One thing that we're doing this Sunday, you know, Jesus told us, he commissioned his disciples uh, before he ascended into heaven. He told them to go into all the earth and preach the gospel. He told them to go into the world and make disciples of every nation. That's something we take pretty seriously here at Whitefields as part of our core DNA, and it's something that we're involved with both locally and we want to be involved, as Jesus said, in all the nations. And so we have a history of doing missions. Some of you might know that my wife and I, before we came to uh, church here at Whitefields, we were missionaries in Hungary for uh, for over a decade. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of missionary friends because of that. So today, uh, who will be sharing with us is a missionary from Kiev, Ukraine. But before we do that, I'm going to have our uh, mission team come up. We're sending a group of people over to Hungary, and they're leaving Friday. They're leaving on Friday, and they're going to be there for about 10 days in Hungary working with the church that actually my wife and I planted uh, back in 2005. And we have a youth outreach that we started back around that time as well, and it was a very fruitful outreach, and it's continued on along with the church that we planted over there. And we, every summer, we send a team of people over there to just partner with them and serve at this youth camp. It's an evangelist youth camp and uh, a great ministry so be praying for them over the next 10 days but right now we just want to officially kind of commission them and send them out with a blessing so would you please bow your heads with me and let's pray for these guys Heavenly Father, thank you for involving us in your mission. Thank you, Lord, for calling us into your work. Lord, not only do you call us your servants, you call us your friends, but you also call us your co-workers. And thank you, Lord, that we can be co-laborers with you in your work, something truly significant that's beyond and bigger than just living for ourselves. Lord, your word says that you died, that Christ died, so that those uh, for whom he died would no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was resurrected. And we remember that this morning as we uh, remember that we are all called as Christians to be people on mission, but specifically sometimes you call us to go to different places and minister to specific people. I thank you for this team that has stepped out in faith and obedience to you, Lord, and followed that call. You asked them to go and minister to these teenagers over in Hungary and we pray, Lord, that their ministry over there would be effective. We pray that there would be many open doors for them to share the good news about Jesus and to share their testimonies of what you've done in their lives. So, Lord, we pray that you would prepare the way for them as they go. Lord, strengthen them as they minister. Help them to have spiritual eyes. Lord, again, as 2 Corinthians 5 says, that uh, we endeavor no longer to see anyone according to the flesh. Meaning we, we don't want to see anyone from human eyes. We want to see them with spiritual eyes. We want to see them the way you see them. So, Lord, would you enable our team to see people in that way? Would you strengthen them in their inner person, Lord, that as they serve you and minister to you, uh, minister for you, Lord, that they would be built up as well, but Lord, that you would use them to preach the good news of the gospel, and Lord, that you'd use them to bring people to salvation in you and, and relationship with you. So we send them off with a blessing. We commission them in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. We're going to be looking forward to updates, okay? So this Sunday, yeah, give my hand. Uh, well, so today we have uh, a friend of mine in town, George Markey. George, why don't you come up? So George is here with his family, his wife Sharon, and their six, that's right, six boys. Uh, I know that I, George doesn't seem to be phased by it, but every time I'm like, six boys, 
I don't even have six boys, but it just makes me a little nervous just thinking about it. But uh, George, they're, they're here in Colorado. You know, uh, you guys might know that every springtime, I've been going over for the last three years over to Ukraine and uh, working with George. We've taken several people from the church here and uh, working with George. And George heads up Calvary Chapel in Ukraine overseeing um, church planting, not only in the city of Kiev, big city, like five million people, but also in the whole country of Ukraine, which is one of the biggest countries in Europe. So um, George is doing a great work, and I just give him a Whitefields welcome as he brings a word today, huh? Good morning. It's really great to be with you. Um, and I want to introduce my wife. My wife, Sharon, is here on the front row, and the youngest of our six boys uh, today, actually, he's a month old. He's new, brand new. Uh, uh, his name's Isaac. Uh, now, this is a little story about that. We, um, you know, we, of course, uh, we found out we were pregnant. We are wondering, okay, is it going to be a boy or girl this time? You know, and I, I, I think I was hoping, I was hoping more for a daughter, but uh, my wife was, like, fine with boys. She knows what to do with boys. But, um, so, but we, the day came, you know, we had the ultrasound and um, waited to see what it was. And the, the technician said, well, you got another boy. And my wife's first reaction was laughter. She just laughed. It's like, oh, another boy, you know. And so we thought, oh, Isaac. Isaac means laughter. Um, so we, we decided to name him Isaac for that reason. <laughs> but anyway, it is, it is, once again, it's just, a, a, just wonderful to be here with this fellowship. We were here a couple years ago. I think we were in the same situation. We just had a child. Um, and we just had a few days, but this time we've had a more extended stay. We've been here since Wednesday, so we got to see some more things. Uh, yesterday, our boys had a special treat. We went down to um, Pearl Street in, in Boulder, and, uh, and uh, they got to see a street performer. We breathed fire, did handstands on these stack, stacks of chairs, you know. Had quite a good sense of humor, <laughs> so they, they just were, they loved it. They were excited, so they're having a great time here. Anyway, I would like to um, just share um, from the Word, and also just as, we, as, we, as I'm going to be sharing this morning, um, just also sharing uh, my personal calling in the ministry and what God has been calling us to do right now. Um, so if you would turn with me to, if you have your Bible, um, to Matthew chapter 9, verse 30, 35, and I'll read our text for this morning. And Jesus went through all the cities and villages, this is Matthew 9, 9.35, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly for, to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Um, and then Matthew 10.1, and he called to him his 12 disciples. And I'll go to verse 5. And um, these 12, Jesus sent out. Yeah, this passage is special to me because um, it was this, as I was reading this passage that I, I really felt God calling me to uh, missions, but more specifically to church planning, to start new churches. And um, this happened while I was in Ukraine. Um, I moved to Ukraine when I was 16. My, my parents uh, got us, uh, had, had eight children, and I'm the oldest with my twin sister, and they moved us to Ukraine in 1992. It was uh, about a half year after the Iron Curtain, if you've heard that term before, fell. You know, the Soviet Union uh, fell apart, and Ukraine gained its independence. And uh, before that, 
you know, the, the Bible was forbidden. Um, you know, religion was, for, for, was, was greatly restricted. And, um, but now, as things opened up in, in this, at this time, there was a hunger and, uh, for, religion, for spiritual things. And um, my dad was just touched by the need for people to go over and to share the good news of Jesus and to, and to plant healthy churches where people could grow um, in, their fa- in their faith. And uh, people were responding. People were just hungry. They wanted to get a Bible. They wanted to, to know. And so this touched my, my dad's heart, and he, he took us over there. Um, and I have to say, I was reluctant. I, I was 16. You know, I, my, my life had just begun here in the States. I was thinking about education, what I was going to do. But um, and I didn't want to be a missionary at the time. Uh, but I, I agreed reluctantly with, to go over for a year just to, to be part of what my, my parents were going to do. And... Uh, and it's at that time that God got a hold of my heart as I saw these young people just hungry um, for, spiritual, for spiritual things, for, for the Bible. Um, it just changed me as I, as I saw people being changed by um, Jesus and by entering in relationship with him. And I, I just realized this is a privilege to be part of this. And so I um, began to, to, to really love it there. And so I went, um, graduated from high school, went to, went to college there, it was after my first year in college that I was just wondering for myself, what, what am I to do? Okay, I know my parents are called to this, but what about myself? And I took a year off and just um, helped my dad in ministry, was able to travel around Ukraine, and um, it was at the end of this period that I was reading this, this passage and just realized this is, what, this is what I see in Ukraine. I see people who have a hunger, but there's so very, very few people actually going and sharing with them the, the good news, and starting churches where people can grow in, uh, in their faith and grow to understand how much God loves them and, and his grace that he has for them. Um, so this passage is, as I said, is special to me. Um, and I would just like for us to, just to go through it uh, together. I, we're going to see four different things here. We see um, Jesus seeing the people, and we see Jesus uh, having a love for the people, and then calling his disciples to pray, and then sending them out. So we're going to see four things. See, love, pray, and go. I think these four things um, might help us just to have a better understanding what God's calling is for all of us. You know, as as Pastor Nick was mentioning, God calls us into mission. He calls us to himself, and he, you know, he saves us by his grace, but then we're, we have the privilege of going and sharing that same grace with other people. And this is what Jesus is doing here. He's He's, going, he's preparing his disciples. And so let's look at those four things. The first thing is seeing, the, he says he saw the crowds. Um, he didn't just see them, just, oh, these are people, but he saw the need. He saw um, that they were like sheep without a shepherd. And I think that's the first step in going in mission is looking, just looking at people, seeing them for who they are. A friend of mine, um, actually my, one of my mentors, uh, a pastor, he, uh, when, when he was giving me advice on how to we're going to share with people how to go out and how to do evangelism, you know. And he was saying, just, just go out and look in people's eyes. Look at them and, and then pray over them. And I think as we, as we do that, I just go out and just look. Those people that God has put in front of you at, at your jobs, maybe your neighbors, just begin to, to, to really see them and to think about what, you know, what, what story, you know, what, what story are they living out? You know, what, maybe what struggles are they experiencing? And, you know, uh, I, I was reading that, Depression and anxiety in the states are on the rise, especially among teens. And, and since coming back, there's been two. Since I've been back in the states uh, for now a couple months, there's been two cases of celebrities committing suicide. Right, and and I think that's shaken a lot of people. 
and, and for me, just again, th- thinking about these things that, you know, it looks like a lot of people look like they have it all together on the outside, even all of some of us, right? We look like we have it together on the outside, but inside we, we're struggling with things. We're going through difficulties. And, um, you know, we have, the, we, ha- we have the greatest news in the world that uh, the God of the universe wants to have a personal relationship with us. You know, uh, he so desires that he, that he gave his life, that we would, we would have life, that we would have, we become his sons and daughters. And so just maybe begin, if, you know, if you're wondering, how can I make a difference? How can I go on mission? Well, begin looking around at those that, that are around you and, and begin just wondering, what, what, are, what are they going through? What is their story? You know, what, what, what struggles do they have? How can I bring the hope of the gospel into their lives? And then the second thing he says is he had compassion for them. And that was his response. He had compassion. He had love for them. And I think that's the next step is just loving that person in front of you. You know, it, you might think, oh, missionary, you know, that's a big thing, you know, to go somewhere. You know, maybe you feel that call to go. Um, and you wonder, but it might seem like a huge thing, a huge thing to do. Well, just begin with these small things, just loving that person that God has put in your path, thinking of ways you can bless that person. You know, for me, um, I guess an example to me has been my, my, my father, who was, brought us over to Ukraine. Uh, he was just a person that just loved people. You know, he, he loved, of course, sharing the gospel with people because he loved them. But um, he was always looking for ways. And it wasn't something that maybe so, so calculated. It was just his way of life. When we moved, moved there, well, actually just living there, he never was able to learn the language. Um, they, they speak two languages where I am, where, where we live, Russian and Ukrainian. He tried and tried, um, but he was, in his, see, he was in his 50s, I think, when we moved there, and just could never really get it. He, he, and, um, but he was able to communicate uh, really well in the language of love. In the neighborhood where we lived, um, I remember just this kind of this uh, incident stands in my mind. Um, we lived in a high-rise building. And by the way, we grew up on, the, on a farm, so going from farm then to this huge metropolis, living in these high-rise buildings was quite a change. But we, we lived, at one point we lived at the 16th floor of this uh, apartment building, and at that time, uh, the infrastructure was pretty poor, so often the, the, the elevators would break, and you'd have to walk up those fly, 16 flights of stairs to your apartment. And one of those days it happened, and um, there was a guy who had come from his village and had, had brought potatoes that he had grown. And he had these sacks of potatoes, and he was just, you know, the elevator broke, so he was gonna carry these up 16 flights of stairs, and my dad just saw that and said, hey, he couldn't, tell, he couldn't speak to him, but he said he just said I wanted to motion that he wanted to help him, and so he just helped this guy take up his potatoes up these sixteen flights of stairs, and um, the, the guy was just just in awe, and, sh- and, and especially this foreigner, this American that would help him. And uh, there's other stories I could share. When they moved to Kyrgyzstan, my parents after serving in Kiev, uh, they lived out um, a little ways from the city, and this this road was just that went out to this this area was uh, full of potholes. And uh, so my dad one day just got all these just bricks together, gravel, and just started filling in the holes for, so people could you know, have a nice ride going to town. Uh, but you know, this just these, these, these different things. And um, he became known, by the way, where we were, as just a, a person that cared. You know, he, he couldn't speak to him, but he cared. And so people, and, and uh, right now, um, my wife and I were back in that region where he was, where we, where we grew up. And I, I'm constantly meeting people that just knew my dad, knew that yeah, he was a person that loved them. <laughs> And it's opened their hearts. You know, I now have that opportunity now to share with them, well, why he did, why did he love them? Well, because God, shower, he, he, he knew that how much God loved him, and he wanted other people to experience that love. So, you know, I think 
again, so just looking out, seeing people for who they are, and then just loving that person that's in front of you, loving that person that you come across, you cross paths with. And, uh, you know, that's powerful in and of itself. You know, that's, that's what we're, we're, we're um, God has called us, I'm going to be sharing a little bit later more about what God's calling us to, but God is calling us to plant a new church, um, besides the church we're, we're, we're pastoring right now. And that's how we're starting in this neighborhood. Uh, we're just looking for ways we can serve the community. I see that's what you do here. It's so important just to look for ways you can serve. And um, I, I think especially in this age we're living in, people want to see that tangible evidence of love, not just the words, but to see it, see it in action. So then the next thing that, that Jesus does is, um, is important. He doesn't now say, okay, you guys, you guys now go and take care of these needs. These, are, you know, these people are she- like sheep without a shepherd. I'll shepherd them, take care of them. But what's the next step he, he says? Well, he says the harvest is plentiful, the labors are few, and he says pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Um, so before, he, before they go, we're gonna, we, we do know further on that he does send them out, but he calls on them to pray. And, and why is that? Why is that important? And what, what is prayer? Well, prayer, of course, is communication. It's, 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 our, it's fellowship with our Father. But, and we pray because we, we recognize our dependence on him. And I think you know, we, can, we can be overwhelmed by the need, and, you know, or, or maybe we're not overwhelmed. We see, yeah, I'm going to go out and do this thing. You know, I have... I, when we first moved to Ukraine, I think we, um, I had that impression. You know, we're going to go and we're going to you know, take care of this place. We're going to win this place for Jesus. But uh, seeing, um, actually, my dad had this idea. We'd be there for a year. Well, it turned into 14 years. Uh, we, I think we didn't realize how difficult it would be. But in order to do, to do God's work, to be on mission for him, we need him. We, we, need, we depend on him. And um, I would like just to turn to 2 Corinthians to, to look at this issue of, of dependency on him because it's something I've, I, I keep on coming over and over. I think more often as I grow in my faith, I think I had this idea before that as I would get strong, you know, grow in my faith, I would get stronger and stronger and just more confident and, you know, have fewer and fewer problems um, while well, the opposite has occurred. And it, I think it's... Uh, at times, it's taking me by surprise. You know, I've, I've come, to know, come to be more acquainted with my weakness than ever before. Actually, moving, we've been uh, in Kiev now. Back up a second. We, we, we started in Kiev, and my wife and I were called to plant a church in the western part of Ukraine 15 years later. Um, but now God has called us back to Kiev, and that was about three years ago. Um, and we moved back in a, in a difficult situation. The church there had experienced, the pastor had um, fallen into the sin, and so we were back, and it was a difficult situation. And and you know, I, going back, I just felt well, we need to be strong. You know, we need to be, you know, I need I need to be strong for these people to really to show them the way. But God just made me weak, made me dependent on Him. I started having health problems, blood sugar issues, and digestive issues. And just recently, I've, I I was diagnosed with gluten intolerance, and and just uh, through through these health issues and through the difficulties that that, that we were facing in ministry. I felt like weaker than ever before. And, and, and often I would ask that question, Lord, why? You know, I'm doing your work. You know, why would you make me, put me in this position of weakness? And maybe you're, you've had that question too. You know, Lord, I'm your child. Why would you put me through this? Well, let's just read this passage and we'll just see, we're going we're to see three things. Well, I want to point out three things that God has ministered to me through this passage. So 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 10. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, 
who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort, comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort which, which, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that you share in our sufferings. You will also share in our comfort. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. This past year in particular has been probably the hardest, I think, in my life, uh, the things we've experienced, partly because of health, partly just, I think we were just on the edge of burnout, if you've heard that term, you know, ex- experience challenge after challenge and with little rest, just feeling like I've just said it to my wife several times, you know, I, I don't know if we can do this. <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. Several times wanting just to give up. But this, this, the, this, these verses have, have comforted me, you know, as it says here, as we abundantly share in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. And again, this might not be a great encouragement. You know, you're, as it says here, you, we, sh- we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings. You know, it is a fact. As a Christian, you're going to go through difficulties. But there is, there's comfort in that. As we share abundantly in sufferings, we're promised great comfort in Him. And, and I have to say that for myself. This year, I've, 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 as we've experienced um, difficulty as never before, we've experienced comfort as never before. I've come to know God as, as the God of comfort. You know, and, and that, isn't that amazing that God, the creator of the universe, who's, you know, above all things, would, would condescend to us just to comfort us as his children. When he, he, he desires this morning for that for you too, just for you to experience his comfort. But for that to happen, we often have to go through suffering because we, 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 we are so self-reliant. I'm finding that in myself. You know, we want to control things. And um, I mentioned my health. You know, that was a big blow to me because I've always been about health, about, I mean, you know, eating healthy, healthily, uh, exercising because I want to feel good. I want to, and I want to you know, be healthy because I want to control that area in my life. And, and as I began to have these health issues, you know, I, I found myself angry with God because, you know, hey, I, I do this, so I should experience this, but I'm not, you know. And look at other people. You know, they don't eat so healthy, but, you know, they, they're, they're doing well. And so I had this bitterness, but God began to show me that, you know, that's an idol in your life. That's something you're trying to control. Give it to me, you know. And, and so as I've experienced that suffering and, be, and, and God having me let go of that control in my life, He's, he's shown that he actually has, is much better at taking care of me. You know, he, he does a much better job at that, and he desires comfort for me. So, you know, the first part, this first, uh, I mentioned three things, right? So these three things are, are comfort, then we're going to see community and contradiction. So the first is comfort. The second, we see, um, we find in verse 9, it says, Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. That was to make us rely not on ourselves. I'm sorry, verse 8. For we do not want to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. It comforts me just to see Paul's openness. He's open with these people. He says, you know, we, I don't want you to, to, know, to be unaware that we, we were so in such despair, we wanted to die. Uh, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you've ever experienced that or not, but if you have, you're in good company with, with, with the Apostle Paul. And... Um, you know, as, 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 as this topic is about missions, right, being on mission, you know, what does this have to do with that? Well, I think everything, the way we do mission is by being weak. 
is by being vulnerable with one another, vulnerable even with people who don't believe in Jesus. Oftentimes, we think we have to have it together. As a missionary, I have this pressure, I have to have it together, you know, or I have to, you know, if I'm presenting to you what we're doing, you know, I have to give you all the, the um, positive things, you know, that are happening, the, the victories we're experiencing. But, you know, I, I feel that, that no, um, one of the best things we can do is to be vulnerable and to share those struggles. And I've, uh, this past year, I've, I've been doing that more even just with the, with, with the people in our church, with the leaders, just openly being open with, with the struggles I have. And uh, the despair, I've, I've you know, experienced despair, depression, which has actually given me more, more um, compassion for those who experienced that. I think before, I did, when I didn't experience that, I would kind of look down on people who were experiencing that. Like, you, know, you need to get it together. You, know, you need to have joy in the Lord. But now, going through these things, it, it, just really experiencing despair has given me compassion. And as I've been vulnerable in sharing with other people the struggles I go through, they, can, they didn't share. And there's a, then there's this fellowship we have. You know, we, can, we were sharing in Indiana, and I saw this, this sign on uh, one of the churches, and it says, um, wanted people who need Jesus. You know? And I think that's so good. You know, God isn't calling us to be strong on our own, in, our, in our own strength. He's not calling us to get it all together, but he's, he calls people who just need him. And I'm seeing that too as my goal in ministering to people and bringing Jesus to other people is not to say that I have it all together, so now you need to get it together. But look, I don't have it all together. I need Jesus even more. I realize that need more than ever before. And, and I experience these different difficulties, but this is who I go to. I go to Jesus, who, ha- who is sufficient, who, who has the comfort that I need. And, and I'm not you know, the pastor there because I'm the best husband or I'm the best this or that. But I, I'm, I'm, I have this position because, because of God's grace. And so that's what we can do. That's how we can minister to this world. If you, if you feel you don't have it all together, great. You, know, you, do, you have something to offer them to this world, to each other, because, because we have, actually have Jesus. We have the answer. We have the person who, who, um, who ministers to us daily in, in, in our brokenness. So the, the third, so that's first you right? Comfort, community, you know, so we, and then the third is contradiction. It's, it says here that we had this sentence of death. And why was that? That we would not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. And uh, he delivered us from such a deadly purpose peril and will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. So in, your, in, in our trials, we have great hope. And, you know, and so God brings us to the end of ourselves constantly. <laughs> that we would, we would because we, so, we tend so much to trust in ourselves, in our ability. And so God has to bring us to the end of ourselves. Where we just say, God, I don't know what to do right now. I don't know the answer to this. And then he can show his strength through us, then he can minister to us. And we, we come to know him as the God who raises the dead. And you know, Paul in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 also speaks of this thorn in the flesh that he had. And I won't go into this in detail. You know, it's another, another sermon, but um, he, he had some, some, some kind of difficulty that he was going through. Maybe it, it, I, I believe it was health-related, um, but it was something that he asked God to take away from him. Three times he prayed, and God said no. In verse 9 of chapter 12, he says, My grace is sufficient. Jesus tells him, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You know, what, such an opposite view, an opposite approach that we tend to have. We would, we would boast in our strengths. Like, I can do this. I can do that. My ability. You know, and Paul says, hey, I'm, I'm going to boast in my weakness. How many of us can do that? And I'm having... 
no problems. Praise God, man, it's good. <laughs> or, you know, I, I can't do that. That's wonderful. You know, we, we don't tend to do that. And, and our society tends not to do that. We, we boast in strengths. We honor and glorify strength. Where God says, no, uh, my strength, is it, it, it comes through in weakness. And, you know, that's what God wants to do in our lives. He brings us to the end of ourselves that he might show himself strong. And, and it's, I think, you know, the, the times where I've been the most effective has been times where I've been most weak. You know, it really shouldn't come, come as a surprise. If, you, if you're familiar with Jesus, <laughs> the life of Jesus, you know, Jesus experienced the same things. Did he experience suffering? Yes. You know, did he experience despair, even despair, um, depression maybe, anxiety? I, I think so. It says um, in, John, in, in John, he tells his disciples in the Garden of Eden, he says, you know, my soul is sorrowful even unto death. Just like Paul, right? He's, he was sorrowful even unto death. And then he's, he goes on to say that, John 12, verse 7, or 12, 27 it is, shall I say, Father, save me from this hour? Which is often what we say, right? God, take this away? No, he says, for this purpose I have come into the world. You know, he came, and he was troubled. He was in despair. He's brought into our, our brokenness to save us. He could have saved himself, but he chose not to save himself to save us. And he, it also says that he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And, and, and um, going back to first two Second Corinthians, and did, he, did Jesus experience weakness? Yes. Right? He became, it was by choice, but he was, he's the creator of the world. Uh, everything that came into being came into being because of him, because of his word. And, but he chose to, make, to become a man. It says he emptied himself. Uh, he emptied himself of his power, of, his, of all the rights and privileges he had as God. And it was in order to give us life, in order to, to bring us salvation. Because he loves us so much, because he wanted to make us his sons and daughters. That we might, he was rejected. And he was he was, um, you know, on the cross, he cried, Father, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That we might be received into his family, made sons and daughters. You know, and that's, and I think I find that so amazing, you know, that Jesus would become weak on, for us, that we might be brought into his family. And again, kind of going through these difficulties has brought me back to that, that truth. You know, God loves us, God loves me so much that he would give himself on me. He would become weak. He would experience despair. And really, that's what it's about, is to know him as our father. As it says in verse 3, right? Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus. Do, do you know him as that father of all comfort? You know, and, and that's who, that's, if you have Jesus, you know, if you have a relationship with him, then you are his son and his daughter, dearly beloved. And you know, even if you have difficulties fulfilling this mission he's put you on, he still loves you. That his love will, will, it never depends on that. Your identity is rooted in the fact that you are his son and daughter. He, he delights in you. He loves you. And I think it all begins with that. And, and all these sufferings, I think, bring us back to that, the most important thing. Now, now I was going to go back to Matthew, and we're going to wrap it up at the last point here. You know, as we've seen how we're to look, how, how, we're, how we're to see people, how we're to love them, and how we're to be in, be in dependence, prayerful dependence on Jesus. And then, the next part is, is we are called to go. You know, he, he, he tells his disciples to pray, but then we find them going. And I think as, as you go through these steps, you know, be careful. As you look, as you love, as you pray, you, you're going to find yourself going. Right? Actually, that's good news. I think you want, we want to do that as, as followers of Jesus. We want to be going and being instruments of his love in this world. 
and, and God has given us, I just want to share a little bit about what God is doing in our lives right now. You know, we've, coming back to Kiev, um, again, honestly, we didn't really see ourselves going back there. We were kind of glad to be out of that metropolis, out of the craziness. But coming back, you know, God has given us this love for this city. It's about four or five million people, so it's a huge city. There's, um, there's one Calvary Chapel there. There were three. Unfortunately, that we're down to one. But coming back and just seeing just all these people. You know, you go to the, you have a subway system. Going to the subway, you see these masses of people. You just have one church, you know. There's, of course, other good churches there, but just a, just an immense need for, for there to be Bible-teaching churches that practice grace, that just not beat up on people, but actually show them the grace of God. And so God has just put us on, impressed on our hearts to see many more churches um, planted in these different regions. And so we began in our church to to try to start more home groups, hoping that would turn into churches. But recently, God has showed us that, no, you need to make, make, take a step and, and start a church. So we, we feel called, um, as we're being part of this, this church, starting another church um, in a region where I grew up. And, and, uh, and um, my wife actually encouraged me to, to, to set a goal. Okay, what, what does God want you to do? You know, what, what is that goal? And so God put on our hearts to start 30 churches in f- five years. Kind of sounds crazy, but already, as I shared the vision with the church, one couple said, hey, we want to do that. And another couple said, I think we would like to, too. So we already have, I think, three churches starting up. And um, I, think I think there'll be more. But I, think, I feel it's, it's, a, it's what God is calling us to do. There's so many mature people in our church. And, you know, so many gifted people. And, uh, but you'd be, you could be praying for that for, that for us. Because I, I really think we need to be out there. We're, we're, where we are right now is we're, we're in a central location. But um, many people will travel to get there for about an hour, an hour and a half. And so it's been, when, when that's the case, it's hard to invite new people or friends or neighbors because to ask somebody to, on their day off to come, make a, an hour trek to, the, to church. But, but, but if we're in the communities, that's, it's easier to invite people. It's also easier to be part of the life of that community to be doing what I was talking about, you know, looking and seeing the people, praying specifically for these groups of people and, and, re, and ministering to their needs and, and being able to just to be there for them. So um, you can pray for that and pray for just as we continue to develop leadership in our in this central church, I think it's key also that this church be healthy to be able to reproduce. And, and just for our family, we, we've really been blessed just to be here in the States. We, we do miss Ukraine, but we've been really ministered to and be able to just, to, just, to, just to have some downtime with our family. But, but just be praying for that, that is in the midst of ministry, we'd have that comfort and that uh, the times of rest together and rest, just resting in who we are in Jesus, just resting in the, in the fact that he delights in us, no matter what we do, even if we fail at church planting. We are his dearly beloved sons and daughters. So there's a war going on in Ukraine in the eastern part. So I know it's maybe not so much in the news anymore, but it's still going on. About a million people have been displaced in the country. Thousands have died, and still people are dying. Um, and we have a couple missionaries there. Can you hear me okay? <laughs> a couple ladies um, in our church are out there in this war zone. It's kind of crazy. These, these, these ladies are so brave. But just be praying because people are so open there now with the, with the desperate need that as many pastors as would go to plant churches, there would be churches. There would be people ready just to go because there's such a desperate need physically, emotionally, spiritually. So just be praying. For, there's uh, Sasha and Ira are the ones there. But pray for more, more to go and um, that we would also have wisdom how to minister in that area and just minister in the midst of this, this, this crisis that we're in in the country. Okay, so I think that's about it. Thank you for letting me share. And hey guys, let's just give George a hand for sharing with us. 
We're going to close with a song, but before we do that, would you please join me and let's pray for George and Sharon and their ministry up there. Sharon, why don't you, if you can, if you can come up here, we'll pray for you too. We're going to um, pray for these guys, and then we are going to close in a song. Hey, also, they have some info out on the welcome table. Grab this. Keep in touch with them. It's got some ways that you can keep in touch with them after this as well. And we've got some prayer cards, magnets that you can put on your fridge so you can remember these guys and what they're doing in Ukraine. Let's pray for them. Heavenly Father, thank you for George and Sharon. Thank you for calling them into ministry. Thank you for their obedience to you. And thank you for the vision that you've given them to plant a lot of churches in Ukraine. Lord, we know there's a huge need and we know that you're a good God who loves people. Lord, thank you for bringing them there and uh, and uniquely gifting them at this time for this ministry. Lord, we pray that this vision to plant churches would come to fruition. Lord, that you'd raise up pastors, leaders, people who are willing to go out. Thank you for those who are serving in the war zone. We pray that you would keep them safe and equip them in every way to minister to people there. Lord, bless these guys and their family. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Whitefields Community Church in Northern Colorado. For more information and audio content, visit us at whitefieldschurch.com.